In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So in our church, the Episcopal Church, when someone feels called to ordination, as I was, they enter into a discernment process. And this process stretches over a number of years, and there's a lot of steps that you go through along the way. One of these steps, a particularly important step, is a set of interviews that candidates do with the COM. That's the Commission on Ministry. And they oversee the whole discernment process. They make recommendations to the bishop about who moves forward in the process, and if so, how. And these interviews, they stretch over a number of hours, most of a day, and they cover a whole range of topics, the scriptures, theology, the sacraments, vocation. And so when it came time for my interviews with the calm, I spent the week before studying, reading dense tomes, reviewing my old class notes, wanting to be prepared for whatever complicated theological queries came my way. And so I get into one of my interviews, and I'm a bit taken aback when the interviewer simply asks, who is Jesus? Sorry? (laughs) Who is Jesus? After panicking for a second, it hits me. This is a test. They want to see whether or not I can adequately define the second person of the Trinity. And so I start into this whole metaphysical discourse, and I cite the Nicene Chalcedonian Creed, and how Jesus is one being and co-internal with the Father, and the interviewer just stops me and says, Keith, stop. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? As of last Sunday, we are now in the liturgical season of the Epiphany. And it's during this season that we mark how Jesus was revealed to the world, first through an encounter with the Magi as an infant, and again in last Sunday's Gospel during his baptism, when God's voice booms from the heavens and declares that Jesus is his Son. And now in this week's Gospel reading, we see Jesus revealed to the world via the testimony of John the Baptist and in the calling of his first disciples. And if we take a moment to zoom out and consider the arc of the liturgical year so far, we see that in Advent we were preparing for Jesus' arrival, and during Christmas we were celebrating his birth, and now in the Epiphany we are invited to consider who exactly is this Jesus, and why should we, like his first disciples, bother to follow him. As to who Jesus is, the Gospel of John, which we heard from today, gives a number of answers. In the first chapter alone, from which our Gospel passage today came from, Jesus is described with nearly a dozen different titles and through a bunch of different metaphors. This Gospel begins famously by calling Jesus the Logos, the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and so forth. And in today's passage, we see John the Baptist call Jesus both the Lamb of God as well as the Son of God. And we see his first disciples call him Rabbi, meaning teacher, as well as Messiah, meaning the Anointed One. 
And this is just a sampling, mind you. And each one of these titles is rich with a bunch of different resonances. They each, in fact, deserve their own sermon. But just to give you a taste, by calling Jesus Son of God, this title resonates not only with Jewish prophecy and with ideas about the Savior who will come, and also talks about Jesus' divinity, and also is a subtle critique of the Roman Empire, for it is Caesar who has the title of Son of God, and by calling him such, we are calling Jesus the real and true King. Once you get to the end of this list, there's almost a dizzying effect that you get by the end of the first chapter of John's Gospel, and that's sort of the point. As one commentator puts it, this litany of titles for Jesus is meant to show that Jesus is all in all. And so when it comes to this question, who is Jesus, we can start by saying that it is a question with multiple correct answers. Who is Jesus is not a test question. At least, it's not a test question in the way that an algebra problem is a test question. We're not solving for X here. There isn't just one valid answer. The question, who is Jesus, it's more akin to deciphering a collage or or taking in an impressionist painting. On the one hand, the picture is static. It has a frame. There are things that are inside and things that are outside. It's made up of permanent pieces. There's an overall and undeniable impression that comes through. But on the other hand, collages are fluid. What exactly you see in a collage depends an awful lot on your point of view, where you're standing, how the light happens to be hitting it from your angle, Which of the little bits of the collage resonate with you, capture your attention? This is how it is possible for Jesus to be the Logos for the author of the Gospel of John, and at the same time, the Lamb of God to John the Baptist, and at the same time, the Messiah to the disciple Andrew. It's the same Jesus. They're just looking at him from different angles. And just as what we see in a painting changes as we move about a gallery, So to our answer to this question, who is Jesus, it can change. Indeed, I would argue it ought to change, especially as we make our way through our life. Who Jesus was to me when I was a child versus when I was a teenager versus now, it has has changed. And yet it's important to remember that it isn't Jesus who has changed. The collage on the wall has stayed the same. No, rather, I am the one who has changed. I now see things in that heavenly portrait, a depth, a color, that I didn't see before. But here's the other thing about this question, who is Jesus? Even though there are multiple right answers, even though our answer may change, it is critical that we have an answer. And it is critical that we own that answer, that we live it out. Back during my commission on ministry interviews, when I answered this question initially by going on a metaphysical ramble, the problem wasn't that my answer was wrong. Indeed, everything I said was true, was orthodox. The problem was that it wasn't my answer. It wasn't an accurate description of my perspective on Jesus, on how Jesus has made a difference in my life. 
I was simply saying what I thought the calm wanted to hear. And trying to demonstrate all my theological knowledge, I was making a mistake that I hate to admit that I fall into often. And that was, I was abstracting. I was spinning a bunch of fancy words that actually have little connection to what I really think, to what actually matters to me. And by extension, I was making Jesus into nothing more than a vague abstraction. Nothing more than some fancy words, but ultimately a benign idea. Not a heavenly collage, but a gray smear. I recently listened to an interview with Justin Welby, who is the Archbishop of Canterbury, and he was speaking a bit about his own faith journey, and particularly how everything changed for him when he first encountered Christians for whom God was simply not a concept, but a reality. People who understood God not as a what that they believed in, but a who that they followed. The noteworthy thing about this first chapter of the Gospel of John is that despite different people giving different answers to this question of who is Jesus, their actions are the same. They all follow him. Answering the question, who is Jesus, propels them into a ministry of following him. If Jesus really is like a collage, the point is not to simply hang him on a wall and admire him from time to time and be able to say fancy things about him. No, the point is that his portrait fills us with such joy, such thanksgiving, such awe that we cannot help but be inspired to go and to paint our own masterpiece, to share those heavenly colors with the rest of the world. So who is Jesus to me? Jesus is the one I try my best to follow. And I follow him because when I do, I'm able to touch, to glean in ineffable, beautiful flickers that kingdom of God. I experience that reality where all is at peace, where I'm reconciled to my neighbor, where my sins, and not only mine, but those of the whole world, are set aside, where the old is made new, and the hungry are satisfied, and the lowly are lifted up, and the broken are restored. I follow Jesus because in him, these things, they aren't just possible, they are real. They are here in Jesus. God is with us. It's okay if you don't have your own answer today. Please remember, this is not a test question. But I encourage you this epiphany as we walk in the footsteps of Andrew and Peter and the other disciples as Jesus more and more is revealed to us in his ministry from time to time, stop and ask yourself, Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to me? Amen. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at The Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C-O-T-C Chapel Hill. 
May you be nourished by the word to serve in the world.